0: So, uh, last time we talked about uh, Amazon ads and Facebook ads, and today we're going to be talking about the super fan model, which is about building an email list. Um, So, in building an email list, you're always going to do a giveaway. Uh, I know a year ago, maybe, Jay and I did a a big episode on on building an email list, Um, but I'll go into just a few of the things here. Uh, So, Uh, a lot of times it's recommends, uh, some authors will give away a couple of chapters. Uh, if like, if you only have one book, you can do, you know, the first, you know, five chapters, 10 chapters, you know, just something enough to, to, to make it worthwhile for them to give you their email. It should be bigger than your giveaway than what they could get on Amazon. Just being like, Hey, show me the Kindle preview, uh, as a motivator to give them, to give you the email. Now, uh usually we do recommend you know a collection of short stories or a, a novella and i i usually say you want to keep it under 20k words and the reason for this is this wants to you want this to be a piece of work that you can revisit and and touch up to improve. So it's always a best showing of your current writing ability. Uh, the, the story I, I like to tell about this is there's a very big author named Joanna Penn. Like She's she's big enough. I think she's even hitting like the New York Times bestseller list and definitely hit the USA Today list uh, with her books. And she was running a giveaway for the first book in her series, which is like 15 books long. And I picked it up. And after about two chapters, I was like, eh. This is my genre, but this book just isn't for me. And by the time I had picked up and read her book, she's written at least 20 books. Like her ability to tell a story is infinitely better than it was when she wrote that first novel. But that first novel is still her giveaway. That is still the entrance to her writing. And that is what turned me off. I never became a fan of her writing and never really you know, picked up the rest of the books, which you know, maybe by book five or six, I'd be like, oh, this is really good. I'm really enjoying this. And so that's why we say when you're building this giveaway, you want to you know try to keep it under 20 words, so it's not intimidating to go back to it in a year or two and improve it with 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 your your own improvements in your in your ability to write and tell a story. Um, and then there's a couple places where you can post this uh, story origin book funnel prolific works, and then we'll talk about Facebook ad as well. Um, so. I have a question. So when you say
1: that you're talking about giving something away, but not publishing it necessarily, Um, but like giving it away, but and then being able to still make it better as you go. Like I, I don't quite because when I finish something, it's done. Like, what do you mean exactly by improving? Uh,
0: Like, uh, dang it. Well, here's story origin. I'm Does
1: my question only, make sense? I mean, yeah, it like,
0: makes sense. No. Like you wrote okay. this thing and you're like, I've done and moved on. So this yeah. is not a, a piece of work you do that with. So I, I, I know a lot of authors, you'll go through multiple drafts with a book, you know, maybe around, you know, seven or 15, depending on, you know, how much editing you're doing in a draft and then you publish it right. and you move on. This, this is not intended to be this, that, that. This is intended to be forever okay. in draft form. You know, it's been like a year. Go back, okay. look at it, and be like, "I'm going to clean it up and make this better because I can see all these problems with it, you know." And then, in two years later, you're a better you writer it. now. Yeah, you're because you're a better writer now, right? And you go back and okay. you're constantly touching it up so that that so that your readers don't have the experience I had with Joanna Penn. Got they it. Pick up your book and be like, "This is awesome." I'm going to pick up the next book by this guy because this was so good. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So uh, Story Origin is a place where you can host it. Now, Story Origin itself is not like a place where you can um, – a lot of people will find it. But what you can do is – it's a good place to do exchanges with other authors. And we'll talk about uh, the types of crowd traffic in just a minute. <coughs> and, of course, book funnel is a great place to put it because what you can do with book funnel is you put your book there. And then when somebody requests this free book from you – you just send them a link to BookFunnel and BookFunnel kind of handles all the tech support end of them getting it on whatever device they want to read it on. So you don't have to deal with those problems. Now occasionally you'll still get like an email from somebody, be like, hey, I couldn't get it from BookFunnel. But BookFunnel's really good. They've got video tutorials and just they've done a hundred different things to make it super easy to get the ebook on whatever device you want in whatever format you want. So, and then they'll of course track your data and show it to you um, and everything. And I think it's only $5 a year. Like it's crazy cheap uh to sign up for BookFunnel and, and host your, your giveaways there. So I highly recommend them that way. Um so now you've created your 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 free book um and you know you've put it online. Uh And then, um, there's a lot of different ways where you can drive traffic to this. And again, the the real end goal is to get the emails of these readers. And we'll talk about the three types of traffic in a minute. So you can put uh, the newsletter sign up at the back of each book you write. And I know a lot of indie authors, like there's a, there's an email sign up at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, uh, for readers to, to sign up for their email. Um, and then uh, you can run, uh, you know, put up uh, it on your social media. You can even do like a pinned uh, post for people to sign up if you want. Um, and then uh, on your website, uh, you'll usually have a landing page, but you can also have like a pop-up to sign up for this as well. And just anything to get more emails. And then of course you'll do giveaways and promo- promotions and exchanges with other authors. And, and we'll go more into those as we get down in here. So the email itself so you, so somebody signs up for your email newsletter so this is what you want to do with these email addresses that you're gathering so the model is headline hook story offer cliffhanger right you want to be using your storytelling skills as a writer To encourage people to continue to open these emails. They want to get tiny little stories in these that motivate them to open the next email because you're going to need them to open the email. Now the headline is going to be part of that. Um, and you'll want to split test your headlines in, in the various emails to see what's working the best. Then, of course, you'll have the hook. This is, you know, your opening line or two to get to convince them to read the whole email. Um, and then you'll, you'll have your story and within the story, you kind of build to some kind of offer. Essentially, you're, you're selling something in the story. And, you know, sometimes you're, you're selling them on reading the free book they just got from you, right? Because, you know, I think something like over 90% of free books are never even read. So you gave this person a book for free. You need to convince them to read that book. Because they're not going to become a big fan of yours if they never get around to reading it. And they're never going to go on to buy your other books, which is the end goal of how you make money through this this, this advertising approach. Um, and so you'll have your your offer, you know, and that may just be, you know, read the book you just got. Or it may be you're pitching them, you know, your three or four emails in and you're pitching them on, you know, buying the next book, you share with them the blurb, you share with them some reviews from the next book, you know, just all kind of building towards them being interested in buying that book. And then of course, each email, you're going to want to end with some kind of cliffhanger, so that they're eager to open the next email, you're going to send them. And uh, I I keep saying, so I, I mentioned here, it's an email chain. So essentially, what you'll do is, you can build out a chain of emails. And you can see, I've got different emails here based on how they're signing up for my list, and each one is a is a chain. They'll get one email. Three days later, they'll get another email, and they'll just get a series of email that move them through the process of essentially trying to get them to buy all of my currently released books, and then when that finishes, then they get moved on to the weekly email that I just send out, Um, and just... Yeah. So, so that's kind of the model there and and the chain and the difference between. So when we talked about Facebook ads last time, you get to write in your little headline and you can write a little bit of copy there. And then you have your image and you send them to Amazon and they can check out, you know, some of your reviews and different things like that. And there's not a lot of control you have in the process. But if you get the email for these people, then you can choose which Of the reviews from Amazon, they'll see because you can put those in your newsletter. You get to control that side of the process. You can, you can offer them the blurb and then you can just tell them other stuff about the book. That's really interesting as well as these email chains go on. You know, like for me, I'm not even going to try and sell them book one until they've opened at least six different emails, all about convincing them to read and then finish the free book that they already got um and yeah so and then so the couple things that you you want to be selling them is of course you're selling them books the second thing you sell them on is you as an author right uh your your uh just you and the kind of stories you tell and the ideas that interest you and and all of that uh, like so if you think about celebrity gossip Um, you know, the people who are really big followers of celebrity gossip are also huge fans of those celebrities. And it's kind of that cycle. They become a fan of the celebrity, they become interested in the gossip about them, and then that fuels their fandom for the celebrity. And they're far more likely to go out and see those movies and, you know, buy other, you know, merchandise surrounding them because they're so invested. And so selling them on you as an author is about just giving them more information. To convince you, you're, uh, you know, someone they like, you know, they're interested in. Uh, one of the guys who is, who is teaching about this email marketing strategy, he mentioned that when he would do these big presentations, when he first started his career, he had been a wrestler in college and he would tell stories from his wrestling career as part of his pitch in these big seminars. And he noticed that a lot of the people who would sign up and and meet with him after, had also been athletes in college because they connected to those kinds of stories that he was telling in the presentation. It had nothing to do with the product he was selling. Those were just the analogies he mentioned. And then when he got married and had kids, he started using those kinds of stories in his presentations, and it changed the kinds of people who were signing up and who would come and meet with him after. They would be parents who uh, who, you know, who had connected to those kinds of stories. So. Like I said, you're selling yourself as an author. You'll be telling stories from your life in an interesting way so that your readers can connect with you personally because they're far more likely to buy a product from a person they like. Okay. And then the third thing you're going to be selling them is on your method of writing and telling stories. Uh, I had an opportunity to to interview a, a thriller writer. And in the process of telling me about his book, he mentioned... That I think in the chapter where he introduces his protagonist, the guy is a uh, a, he he does a professional skydiving and he's in the middle uh, of a dive and there's a malfunction on his parachute and it will not open until he fixes it. And so he has to fix it mid fall as he's plummeting towards the earth. Well, the writer decided to put that in the book after that exact incident happened to him. He was out on a skydive, his parachute malfunctioned and he had to fix it before he smashed into the earth. And so he said the next day I got up and I knew I had to write that chapter the exact way it happened to, to me. And for me, that was the moment I decided to read his book. You know, it was not what was in the book, but the fact that he had had this actual life experience. And so I knew that what was written there was based on someone actually surviving that kind of event. And that was what really interested me. So selling them on the method you use to writing, and that's not going to work for everyone of your fans, but it's going to reach some of them. And it's all about just building more and more connections for each of your fans. And then of course we said, you know, you'll move on to the next book. So uh, I think, I don't know if Jay, we talked about price last time, or maybe we've just had conversations between the two of us. Um, but they. Once a super fan is made, the price of the book kind of becomes irrelevant. You know, you can charge much more for it. And you kind of create missionaries for your work, right? Seeing an ad for a book uh on sale, uh, about 10% of those people will go on to buy the books. Like even we talked about it, like it's one in ten. But being recommended a book from someone you know, over 85% of the time that will sell a book. And so part of this superfan model is creating these missionaries for your work. These people, they love, they're interested in you as a person. They're interested in the way you write stories and they're interested in the stories you tell. And they go out and they tell everybody, be like, Hey, you got to check this out. This is awesome. Um, and so like I said t- going back to price so you're giving this first one away for free and if you look at the pricing on my books like you know uh, a lot of times you'll see ebooks from 2.99 you know to 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 higher my books I think my full novels are all 4 or 5.99 because my goal is to convince them with this free book to buy the others and so I can I can step out of the really competitive pricing because they've already had a sample of my work and have decided if they're interested or not um, and so uh one of the comparisons I liked is if you're you know if you're interested in investing in the stock market and you see a random ad on Facebook for coaching on it, and maybe they're charging you know two hundred dollars and then you see another ad for Warren Buffett and he's charging two thousand dollars as long as both of those uh price range are available to you then you know, you will go with Warren Buffett because he is not right. The, the the random ad that company they have to compete on price with the other companies offering the product of because they, they, there's no other reason you're going to pick them. Whereas Warren Buffett is working off an expertise model, right? He is an expert in the field. He's not basing his price based on what the competitors are charging. He's basing his price on what is the most I can charge without it being a hesitation decision for most of my audience. Right. And that's what he's charging. As long as he says, most people who I think are going to buy my product, they won't hesitate at this price point and they'll just buy. And so it's a very different model once you move into the expertise or as we as in our world, you know, a fan. Once they're your fan, that you're working off that kind of expertise pricing model as opposed to the competitive pricing model. Uh, so now that you've built your giveaway, whether it's short stories or a novella, um, and uh, you know you, you you've written out your your first email chain, so you've got you know the first you know seven, ten, fifteen emails ready to go, then we're going to talk about how are you going to gather these email addresses, and so we'll talk about there's traffic you buy, which is advertisements. Traffic you earn, which is interviews, blog tours, uh, exchanges, giveaways, all of those. And then you have traffic you own. And traffic you own are the emails. And essentially that comes down to the fact that once you have this email, it never costs you any money to advertise to these people again. They have given you the okay to advertise to them indefinitely. So it's – it, it it can sometimes cost you more up front, but on the back end, it's a much cheaper to own these emails. Um, so the first method, of course, of buying traffic is Facebook, uh, which ads, which we talked about. Now, there's a big difference when before we talked about Facebook ads and we were driving traffic to Amazon or you could use that to drive it to any real ta- retailer of your choice. But. When we're going to be um, collecting emails and driving this traffic to a landing page, it changes how we can run our Facebook ads. So now we can run conversion campaigns. So you'll install the Facebook Facebook pixel on your website. And from there, that pixel can track the activity of these people and see if they're signing up for your newsletter. And we can use that data in a lot of different ways. We can create lookalike campaigns. Cause so Facebook, once it has enough people, it can say, okay, here you have a thousand people who have signed up for your newsletter and are stayed on your newsletter after your first three or four emails. We can take the data we have on these thousand people and we can find 10 million people that are almost identical to them. So they'll be likely very interested in your products. And so you can use, you know, so once we're driving traffic to a landing page on our, you know, on a website. We can start to gather this kind of data. Um, now, with the changes to iOS 14, there's a face, uh, they're not letting Facebook track this as much, so it's not as efficient as it used to be, but you can still get a lot of data this way. Um, the second thing we can do is if someone comes to your landing page and doesn't sign up for your email list, Facebook can also track them and you can set up a retargeting campaign to advertise to them again. And we'll talk about kind of staggering that as a better, as a way to convince them because they saw your ad and they were interested and they went to your Facebook and they went to your, your, your webpage. And for some reason they didn't sign up. And so, like I said, it will, we'll go into that a little bit more about how to address that once you have that kind of data. Um. So, yes, yeah, so we're going to drive them there. Now there's, In Facebook, we can also do a direct sign-up. So if they're signing up directly on Facebook, we don't get to gather all of that data from the pixel. You know, who went to the website? What did they do there? And, you know, uh, did they click around? Did they read your profile? Or did they just, you know, sign up or not sign up? Um, So when people are being rolled over to a different web page... You're gonna lose some of them. Some of them be like, "Oh, it took me off Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm out." You know, without even going deeper in. Um, whereas, if you use the direct email sign up on Facebook to collect these emails, you're gonna get more emails, and your cost is gonna be lower per email. But there's gonna be uh, a lot more of them that'll leave the list almost immediately, right? They won't. They won't do much with it, you know, so the the quality will be less, but you'll get more of them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that all those extras you've got would never convert. Some of them will still convert all the way through your your email chain and and become fans of your work. So it's.
2: Hey, hey, so I have a
0: question or thought on this.
2: Um, Yeah. So I collected a bunch of these from Facebook, but you get their email and it's not a double opt in. And when I sent out the email like on that crowd that I had collected, the conversion rate was just abysmal, like way lower than when I'd collected through a double opt in on my email form sign up
0: okay that's that's a um, that, yeah i think it, I think each 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 genre is going to want to kind of approach that differently um. Hmm. So, cause I mean, it might be very different for a fantasy romance author as opposed to a sci-fi author, how that audience reacts, but it definitely is a, is a piece of data you want to look at and test against, you know?
2: Well, uh, but so, so what I'm saying though, is I think this is a problem with the email blaster. So I'm pretty sure I was landing in spam boxes,
0: mm.
2: like for the most part, because they weren't double opt-in like they. It yeah. never confirmed. I just cold emailed them essentially, yeah, because it was collected by Facebook. Anyway, I don't know if this is a mistake that I'm making or if this is common in the industry.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I haven't gotten a ton of data uh, from other authors about how it's working for them, but I, I know a lot of companies still, you know, they they I. I haven't had anyone mention that they know they're being sent to spam bots and all in all the uh, hmm. teachers I, okay. I found on the topic. So, but I mean that may have still happened. Um, I do know there's a lot of like if you can find a website which will say, "Hey, avoid these words in the first couple emails you send out because these are common okay. spam words and spam filters are, are looking for these to throw out your email." Hmm. So. You know, it, it may just be that you didn't consult one of those and you had, you know, one too many spam words in there. And so they just tossed you out. Um, yeah. But Jay, Jay mentioned uh, the double opt in. So that's a an option. Uh, so when you set so like uh, my email list, I run out of Light, And so a double opt in is whenever somebody signs up for your email, they get an email that just says, hey, I really do want to be on this list. I'm going to confirm. And they have to get that email and they have to confirm before they'll actually be added to your list. And it just, it just ups the quality of the people you get signing up. Like they're not doing it on accident. Like they really do mean to sign up because they've got to go into their email, confirm, and then get the real email you're sending them. So most authors I know do a double opt in. In fact, I don't know anyone who's not, but it is an interesting point that on Facebook, there isn't that double opt in, which is part of what's bringing down the quality of those leads. Um, but yeah, uh, so that, so yeah, it's kind of the difference there, um, between, you know, conversion campaigns direct on Facebook and, you know, rolling them into your, uh, rolling onto your, your own, uh, author page and doing it there. Like I said, you're going to gather a lot more data collecting those emails on your, on your page and, uh, you can do a lot of things with it, but you're going to lose some signups. Um, as I mentioned before, so once you start to build this email list, or even when you've just got a few people on it, you can start to engage in author email exchanges and swaps. So this is, you are a, uh, let's say you're Sandra, you're a historical fiction romance author. So you find a bunch of other historical fiction romance authors and you reach out to one and be like, Hey, my email list is going out on Tuesday. I wonder if you're doing an exchange. I'll put a little advertisement in my email for your book and you can put, uh, you know, you put one of my book in yours. And so you just kind of do that direct exchange that way. And again, a lot of times you want to do your giveaways there uh, as a way to convert people to your email list. Um, So, but you can also do just a sales one. I know a lot of authors do that as well. Like some authors won't even take a freebie. They're like, "Uh, no, it's got to be a, uh, a sale just just depending on how they're running their lists. But that is another way you can get it. And this is under Traffic You Earn because it doesn't cost you anything to reach out and do an exchange with an author, just a few minutes to to put their advertisement in your newsletter. Um, And then of course, promotions and giveaways. So Story Origin and Book Funnel will both do a lot of uh, group giveaways. Um, and the, the advantage of a group giveaway is you reach a really large audience of readers. You know, you get 10 authors in there with at least a thousand people on their list. Now we've got a list of 10,000 people that your book will be emailed to your, your giveaway. The downside is, is with that, you can, your book can get lost in the volume because people are going to be sent to a page where they can scroll through, you know, these 10 books and then pick, you know, a couple that they're interested in. Um, so.
3: What were the name of the companies you had? uh, Story Origin and what was the other one? Story Origin
0: and Book Funnel.
3: Book Funnel. By the way, I've been in the top 100 of, get this, uh, teen and um, young adult for like two weeks. And I don't get it. Huh? Great. That's good to hear. No. Well, I don't think it's any big deal because I sold like 26 in a month. Of the, um, of the Kindle and only five of the um, – you're going to have to explain this to me – five of the uh, paperback, and uh, there's 110,000 of the books, and how can I possibly be in the top 100?
1: Well, Kindle is going to – I mean, I think people buy Kindle easier because it's less money and it's
3: Yeah, easy. but out of 110,000 uh, books over that number – and well, I'm in the and I'm only selling twenty five, and I'm in the top one hundred. How can that be possible?
0: Well, it's you have the to under- algorithm. You have to understand that most books on Amazon don't sell at all, right? Yeah, there are millions it's... of books on Amazon with zero sales every month. Oh, you're kidding? <laughs> no, I'm
1: serious. No,
0: it's absolutely true. Really? Yeah. If you so many? If, yeah, because you know, if if you if, if zero advertising is going on for your book. Like Amazon will kind of promote your book for about three months just to mm-hmm. see if it can find readers. But after that, if you're not doing any advertising and nobody knows about your book, it will sink down to zero. Right. Oh, my gosh. And you had your news spot. Uh, you know, you're winning those awards. So your book is still getting out there and reaching people. But, you know, once your three months is up and, and if you're not doing, you know, these awards and other promotions, then then your book will reach zero because, you know, people don't buy books they don't know about. Well, that's terrible.
1: <laughs> that's
0: how it works, though. Yeah, that's how it works.
3: Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> well, that makes me mad.
0: So, yeah, so, <laughs> so, like I said, Story Origin, Book Funnel, uh, Prolific Works are the three big, really big sites for looking for giveaways and exchanges. Uh, some of the big giveaways may even have, like, a minimum list. I know I've joined a few. They're like, you have to have at least 1,000 people on your list to join this group Um, but you just have to work your way up there you know and
3: uh, a thousand people in an email
0: list is that what you're talking about yeah you have to have like a thousand emails on your list so uh don't uh, worry once once you start running your facebook ads you can start to convert really quickly so. Well, let's hope so because I okay. don't see any any fun in this. <laughs> yeah. This is this is marketing and advertising. This is not the fun side. This is the business. The fun side. is when you make the money. I know. <laughs> so is, far I'm is.
3: making like a hundred
0: bucks and I'm spending like two thousand. <laughs> okay. So the next thing you can do to pick up emails and to grow your email list are interviews. Now, uh, a lot of these are audio and people will be listening to them when they don't really have quick, easy access. But if you, you know, make a big enough impression, they'll remember you and they can, you know, hit up your email list if they don't go out and buy the book directly. Um now, the upside is, is an interview, you can do a longer pitch on your book. You're not limited to just you know two, three paragraphs of a blurb. You get to talk more about the book and the other things in it, and you've got a better chance to hook someone's attention. Um, and it also helps you manage your shadow online presence. And so what I mean by the shadow online presence is you have an author's website, you've got an author Facebook page that you manage, and you decide what content goes up there. But there's a lot of other things that collect on the internet about you that you don't put there. And the bigger you get, the more that will be. And so somebody may be like uh, Sandra Montaneo. I've never heard of her. They read your blurb and be like, that's interesting. They skim the reviews, be like, that sounds pretty good. But then they open up a separate tab and they Google you and just see what people say about you because there are some people who approach that. Approach the process that way. And that is your shadow presence. It's all the other stuff online that you're not putting there. So yeah. so blog tours, uh, articles, and SEO as another way to drive traffic to your website and, and to kind of promote your giveaway. And again, What's SEO again? A search engine optimization. Okay. Um, again, a lot of this is not going to convert really well like some of the other stuff. Uh, but it, some of it will convert and it will drive traffic and it helps manage your shadow presence online as well. Okay. So now let's talk about what you need, how big of a list do you need to be a full-time successful author? Okay. So Mark Dawson is, is one that I I follow. He does three to four books a year and he's making over a million. And I think last year he, he was close to 2 million a year in, in his profit. So, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, there's an author named David Byrne. He releases a book every six weeks, but his the his list size is three thousand six hundred, mm. and he's making over two hundred thousand a year. And uh, his approach, he says, I found a group of very loyal fans who will buy everything I write, and I write for them. You know, and that's it. Mm. So. You know, how they, big are his books? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know how big are his books. But he tra- every he does it. six months he puts it out. Though you said no. He, right? uh, David Burn is every six weeks. Every six weeks. Jeez. Yeah. So wow. See, yeah. He just writes sci- sci-fi fiction. He's just cranking it out. Uh, but he doesn't have a huge list. But that list. Buys his books at premium price, and they buy every book he writes when he releases it. They're, they're a mm. thirsty group of fans, and for a short time he spikes in the list, you know, because day one he sells right. over two thousand books, and then a couple other people pick it up. You know, when he builds a fan base, but he mostly runs his email list uh, through through yeah through that. He said he says I spend less than a thousand dollars a year in advertising because he's built wow. his list and they're loyal, and you know they kind of stick with him. Uh, whereas Mark Dawson, I know he spends, you know, close to, to, uh, you know, $50,000 a year in advertising, if not more. Now he's making over a million, so he can afford that kind of investment. Mm-hmm. But, but those are two kind of different, different things going on. Mark doesn't have to put out as many books because he's got a big list. Um, you know, whereas David doesn't have to spend a lot in advertising because he's got a very loyal, but small group. Three or four books a year is still a lot of books to write. Still a lot. Yeah. But he's full time, you know, he's, he's a full time author. So, you know, he's, he's, he's spending eight hours a day writing a book. I mean, if he does three in a year, I think that's, you know, decent. Yeah. We should have a contest. We should all do that. <laughs> Try it for one week, see if we survive. Oh gosh. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so as you're building this email list, you do want to address what's called list hygiene. So if people are not opening your emails, if you're not clicking on links in your emails, they're just not interested. Uh, then you want to scrub them from the list because if if they don't open your e- if if enough people don't open your emails, those emails get shifted into the promotions tab. They get shifted into the social tab. They eventually they might get flagged as spam, and all of that just hurts your ability to reach new readers. And so you want to scrub, you know, usually people say if I, they haven't opened an email in three months. Some authors just scrub them. Some will send a direct, do you want to unsubscribe email? Um, so, yeah. Uh, headlines we mentioned you want to no clickbait and then split test your headlines because between the with that model of you know hook story offer these people should want to open your emails right you you should be telling stories that interest them and you should be using your skills as an author to tell them in an interesting way and then you should be leaving a cliffhanger so they are eager to open the next email and you know the goal is that after they've opened four or five of your emails. You're a go-to email for them to open. They they're looking forward to it. Well, they want to hear the little story you've got to tell them. You know, and I mentioned like a lot of times I'm selling my books, you know, either read what you got or, you know, move on to the next one. But a lot of times as as you go on in this, uh, I will use affiliate links to other books. So maybe a book I read is research for the book that they read. And I'll be like, you know, I read this, and these are some of the great ideas that I encountered while reading this. And I'll put an affiliate link to Amazon, which means if they decide to go buy that book from Amazon, I get a commission on that. And so it's another way to make money from your email list without actually selling your own books because, you know, it may take you a while to write the next one. But, you know, it may may be six months before my next book comes out. But in between that six months, I can sell you, you know – 30 different books and, you know, make a percentage on those. So, so that's the super fan model. Um, I I do want to talk briefly about Facebook ads again. So we did talk about conversion campaigns. So the last time when we did our sample building a, uh, we were building, Oh, was it, we were building a traffic, uh, ad on Facebook. And the reason we were building a traffic ad was because we had to send the traffic to Amazon. And that's, that's the only thing we could really do. Um, But in Facebook, you can build other campaigns, um, like a conversion campaign, a retargeting campaign, or a selective behavior campaign. And so when we're not when, when we're sending that traffic to a website, we control and we can track data on then we can start to run all these other campaigns i did mention the lookalike campaign so you can see here this is an ad i'm running for uh, uh another company we have uh we've got the lead gen ad right here this is the base ad that we're going through and we're running and we're you know i've been doing a bunch of split tests and as we get winners i kick out the losers um, and then once we had enough data from this, people who visited the website clicking on our ads, I then created a look-alike audience. This ad is about uh you know two million people. This ad is 30 million people, just because it's able to kind of track better what we're looking for and you know generate leads. Now this one is a retargeting ad. This means so part of the ad campaigns we have set up are videos. There's a little video you can watch advertising the product. So if someone watches a video of ours, the whole video, or we could say half the video, then we can be like, okay, you've seen this video. I'm going to now show you this other ad. So as an author, what you can do is essentially you can pitch them on multiple aspects of your story through retargeting campaigns. So let's say you have an advertisement for your book and it's a little video. You can say, everybody who has watched half of this video, I want to try and show them this other ad. And if you've ever been on Netflix uh, surfing for something to watch, you may have ended up clicking on the same show like four or five times because they keep switching the cover. They're switching the cover to find out what kind of cover reaches you. And you can do that with these people. They have shown mild interest in your book, but maybe the pitch you put in that ad wasn't quite right for them. But you can pitch them some a different aspect of your book. With Sandra's book, you could pitch the romance aspect in that first video, and maybe that interested them. That they didn't quite catch them. Well, in the next one, you pitch the suffrages movement and and Angelina's you know role there, and maybe that does catch their interest. Combined, be like, oh, it's romance and it has this. I'm in now. Right. So once we have people going to our website, or we're tracking other uh, behavior on Facebook, you know whether or not they're watching our ads and or, or things like that, we can do these retargeting campaigns because they've shown mild interest and now they're more likely to take it, take action. Not only that, but most studies show that people will need between five and eight exposures to you before they'll buy something, and so these retargeting campaigns are able to track down those people who showed a little bit of interest the first time and then just you know push through. Now the downside with these retargeting campaigns is you're going to be you know paying more to retarget the same people. So your cost per sale is going up. Um, and we so it you just have to adjust your floor if you're going to be running these retargeting campaigns. And once you have enough books, it's far less of an issue to do that but that's some because you're now gathering that kind of data that's something you can add into the tools you're using in that super fan model because you're you're focused about converting uh, someone to be a lifetime customer of yours and buy all your books not just this one all right any questions on the super fan model
3: i just want to memorize it all so, <laughs> well, I,
0: I will send you the recording because <laughs> you missed some of the stuff at the beginning.
3: Yeah, I did. I I I don't know. Do you send me an email or am I just yeah? No, I've been in classes all day for real estate. Mm. Okay. All right. I'm pretending to still be a realtor, but they don't know I'm really not. <laughs> 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 uh, okay.
0: All right, love um, it. Jay, do you have anything to add? And you from your own experience?
2: Uh, no, sorry. I think you nailed the model pretty well. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything other than that comment I already made.
0: So okay, sounds good. So this is the model I am currently developing for my own work. Um, just cause my real goal is to sell the whole series and I want to sell it at that higher price point so that, you know, it makes up for the loss on giving away the free book. And, uh, so it is a sure. slower model though, um, moving people through the books, you know, I, I, cause I'm not trying to sell them a book right away. You know, I'm trying to give them a book and then get them to read it. And then once they've read it, get them to move on. Um, a couple other things I'm going to be trying as I explore the model is, uh, a lot of emails go unread. So as I build out my email chain, I'm going to be recording the emails and giving them an audio option to listen to them to see Mm. if that will help uh, with people consuming the emails. Be like, hey, I don't have to read this. I can just listen to it. And just from my experience with podcasting, people feel like they really know you really well. When they hear you talking to them a lot, uh, even though you've never met them, like I meet people who listen to uh, my the podcast, and they're like, "Oh, I feel like I know you so well because I hear you talk all the time." Um, and again, you know, people we know and people we like we're far more likely to buy things from. So it's it's a it's something I'm exploring and I'm testing out, and and I'll be tracking my data to see if people are even using that option or if they're just reading the emails. So I don't have enough data to know for sure uh, how that's going. But yeah, so so that's what I'm developing at the moment.
2: Hey Joe, so I just had another thought. I mean, 200k is not a salary to sniff out. That was that one author, and he's written yeah. six books. Or sorry, actually, I don't know how many books that is per year. But it's a lot. But it's a lot. <laughs> the the thing is, I imagine his income just goes up a little more each year. Like I don't yeah. know when you connect, collected that data, but it's probably just increasing and he's writing more and more books. He has more and more IP that is just sitting on the shelf ready to be sold. Yeah. And uh, so it, t- to me, it almost seems like, you know, you don't need 200 K necessarily to survive or, or, or to even live a good life. Um, so anyway, I guess what I'm saying is his mark might be fairly reachable.
0: Uh, yeah. I, well, and that's and why I really got interested year
2: over year. And it just keeps
0: growing. In, in in his because uh, you know you hear about these big lists and be like oh wow how can I do that but he didn't have a big list he's like I just found a group of loyal fans and I sell them books and that's it you know it's it doesn't feel overwhelming I mean he, he cranks out the books really quickly but you know you're, you, as you're just building that you know stack of, ba- of your backlist it, it doesn't sound that intimidating
3: yeah <clears throat> I'm going to go to Florida <clears throat> and I think that's where my demographic is <laughs> because, I mean, you know, it should be there anyway. I mean, there's a ton of it's Italians set
1: there, so why not? You know,
3: it's yeah, there, anyway. yeah. There's a ton of Italians. And there's a ton of cigar maker. You know, families with you know descendants of. And um, <clears throat> anyway, I was um, thinking that that's where I need to start collecting. You know, let me ask you something else because uh, it seems like all these people that are doing so well have tons of books. Would you suggest that I put out a book of maybe uh, like an anthology, short stories? and uh, Yeah.
0: So we, and we just, talked about this at the beginning. You know, you want to – the giveaway is really how you're building this email list. Now, you can do the first, you know, 10 chapters of your book or something like that. Uh, but you could also do, you know, a collection of your short stories. I know you have a lot of them. Or you can write that short – a short novella, and you can use that. So – we, we covered that at the beginning before you got here. So you'll hear it. In yeah, you weren't in there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because yeah, I, I just feel like you have to
0: have a lot of books out there, you know? So, well, the I mean, the basic model is regardless of, of, of how you sell books, whether you're traditionally published, indie published, if you're just running ads to Amazon or if you're using the super fan model, the more books you have, the more money you make. Period. More books, more money. <clears throat> So can I,
3: because I I wrote these little short stories and now I'm desperate to come up with things for the book. So I'm extracting a short story here and there because they're all kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that all right or is that something you would consider a bad idea? No,
0: no. Collection of short stories is a great, great way to go.
3: As long as they're my stories, right? And I can still put them in the book. I yeah. mean, into my, into my novel is what I meant to say.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you could do that as well. If, if you've got some that extract well and you can make a little, you know, uh, anthology, I why not, you know? Well,
3: there's some funny ones that I need something for Pasquale. The, <laughs>
0: so.
1: the other thing I would say, Sandy, is everybody's career is different and is going to be different. So as much as, you know, you're like, oh, that person – sold this many books and how come I'm not selling this many books? You just have to realize like you are your own writer and you're going to do what you're going to do with your career. And it's just, what can you do with it? And and what, and what do you feel comfortable with? You you can't overwhelm yourself. Sometimes as, as, as authors, we get overwhelmed because we're like, we, I, I, I've been writing for this many years. I should be as big as this person. It's like, no, no, no. Their audience is different or whatever else. So you, yeah,